How many people would say that Christmas time is, is your favorite holiday, the Christmas holiday? How about, um, uh, do that again, one more time. Wow, it's not as many as I thought. What, what are some of the other favorite holidays? Thanksgiving, yeah. My birthday, yeah, come on. <laughs> as a kid growing up, Christmas to me was all about the classics, uh, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All right, here's a little trivia. Okay, who's the snowman played by? Who's the voice of the snowman who's being, who is that? That's Burl Ives, right? Silver and gold. Some of you younger people are going to be like, classics have no idea what you're talking about. How about Yukon Cornelius? Now, he was the one looking for silver and gold in a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? Do you remember Yukon? And he fell over the edge, and we thought he was dead. I thought the first time I ever saw that he was dead. And, but he, he came back, and how did he come back? Resurrection or what? Yeah, he bounces. He bounced back, and it was like, yes. These are classics that I was watching growing up. It's a Wonderful Life. Do you remember the angel's name? What's the angel's name in It's a Wonderful Life? Clarence. And then, of course, more of a modern one would be Jingle All the Way. Got to see Jingle All the Way. And that's starring who's the, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Turbo Man. And so in the middle of that movie, it's just a tremendous movie. I cry every time I, I, I see it. And so the young son looks up into Arnold's face and, and realizes that Turbo Man is his dad. You know, and somebody says, so don't you want Turbo Man? And the little boy says, I don't need Turbo Man because I got my dad. <laughs> you know, it was, and I'm crying. It's just a classic, classic Christmas movie. Christmas time for me was Elfie. Elfie was a little tiny elf that I had. Had an oversized head about this big, and its legs would curl up, and he would hold on to his legs. And I would just smell Elfie every year because he had that Christmas smell. And I would lay underneath the Christmas tree and I would just look up into the tree, into the lights, into the tinsel, and all the things. I just would just absorb Christmas. But I did not know the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, I understood all of the other things that we would call Christmas holiday, but I did not know about Jesus. And so I was raised in a religious home, but not a spiritual home. And so I would see mangers, and I would see all of those things, but I would not give a second look because I didn't, quite frankly, wasn't interested and so what I want to look at tonight, just briefly with you, is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 down to 25, and trying to understand what is Christmas. And we know, if you know any of the history of Christmas, you'll know that there is some connection to the wise men and gift-giving, and, and that's where some of the gift-giving comes from, is connection with the story of the wise men giving gifts to Jesus as he was first born. Saint Nick, you know a little bit of that story. He's from Turkey, and the, the story of him giving gifts and and, and uh, being just a, a real generous person. Christmas trees, there's a lot of different uh, teachings and histories about different Christmas trees and wreaths, and I'm not going to get into all of that. What's interesting is Luther, uh, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther during the Reformation uh, was an anti-Christmas tree. And so he uh, put lights in the tree, or candles and things like that back in that day. And so, uh, but there's, I'm not going to go into all of that. What I want to do is get into the mind of Joseph and try to get to that, that place of understanding what he was thinking, what he was going through as Jesus arrives, as he's coming to earth. And you're going to be surprised, maybe as I was surprised as I was studying this, that Joseph was really in a, a difficult place. He was really in a tough spot. And so maybe you're in a tough spot. Maybe you're going to be able to relate to what we're going to see in the life of Joseph. And I want to give you three practical, in keeping with the Christmas uh, theme anyway, Three practical presents or three gifts 
out of the text that you might be able to take with you because I know, I promise you, by the Spirit of God tonight, some of you are going to be profoundly touched by God. Not that any of us won't be touched in a, in a, in a general way because all of us need to be touched in a general way, but there is a word, there is a word through Joseph's life tonight for many, I believe, in this house. So let's look at it together. There's three of them. Here's number one. Often we don't see what God is doing until something difficult presents itself. Let me repeat that. I think it's on the screen behind me. Often we don't see what God is doing until something difficult presents itself. Look at verse 18, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Take your eyes there. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. I want you to stop there. Now, what is the this way? Now, Matthew's writing the account of the kingliness of Jesus. Here, it's obviously the birth story of Christ our Lord. And Joseph is, is in, the, in, the, in, the, in the moment. He is there. He's living it. But we're looking back 2,000 years. And so when I look back on the text 2,000 years, man, I get the story. I'm reading it, but I'm not living it like Joseph's living it. So when we get into the mind, into the heart of Joseph as he's going through this situation, this is monumentally difficult for Joseph. He is wrestling with some stuff. He is a man struggling. And there's some reasons why he's struggling. But Matthew says it took place in this way. Matthew has unanswered questions. He's battling with certain thoughts. He is struggling. If you look at the text again, she was found to be with child. And what do you think Joseph's thinking? That isn't me. And so in his mind, as any man would be, you're thinking, what happened? Well, you, you pretty much know what happened as far as that's concerned. I'm talking about like adultery. Mary was betrothed to Joseph, which wasn't the final moment of a wedding like we would do it at exchanging vows and rings. But a betrothal was just as serious. And so if a woman uh, would, would betray that relationship and commit sexual sin, uh, the Mosaic Law said that she could be stoned. And so Joseph's mind is swirling. He's just trying to put this all together, and it's difficult for him. He's a righteous man, so it says he wanted to do it quietly. He wanted to divorce her. That's what he was thinking about doing. We'll see that in a moment. But I want you to know that this is a difficult place for Joseph. And in the story, difficulties, and this is really what I want you to try to hold on to, difficulties when they come into our life is really when God is going to show up. So if you're expecting God to show up, if you're expecting God to show up when things are going super great, super well, super smooth, uh, it's going to be hard to see God in that. Because God's designed it for difficulties and pain, like Joseph's going through, for a true manifestation of his presence and his peace and his power. And that's what Joseph's going through. God always uses pain. Please hear that, because some of you are in some serious pain, emotional pain, religious pain, or relationship pain, sorry about that, and, and maybe even some physical pain. But this is where God's going to show up. This is, this is his pattern. This is what he does. So here is God showing up in a very, very unusual way. And so his head is spinning. Everything seems to be chaotic. Does anybody else find it chaotic at Christmas time at various... My wife comes home, and she was just beside herself because she went to Target. She went into Target, and she almost lost her salvation. It was crazy. It was like 
So not really, I'm just joking with that. But she goes in and, and she's shopping. Things are pretty cool. People are fairly nice. And then she comes out and it's chaos in the parking lot. And she's, she's calling me and it's like, this place is nuts. You know, and people are crazy drivers and all of that. There's a lot of chaos going on at Christmas time. There's a lot of chaos going on in Joseph's life at this moment. Not in consumerism, not with presents, not with Santa, not with lights, not with trees, not with traffic or anything, parking with that, nothing like that. Here's a woman that he loved. Here's a woman that is now pregnant, and, sh- and he's looking at that going like, whoa, how do, I, how do I deal with this? But see, difficulties come into our life for a manifestation of the presence of God in a greater way, a greater way. And some of you are pushing back on your difficulty. You're pushing back on it, saying, no, no. And and you need to receive that difficulty. Joseph doesn't really receive it initially in the text. When the valley is steep and the waters are deep, God is with us. And it's, it's the difficulties. They're at your doorstep. And they're at your doorstep not to sing you Christmas carols. The difficulties at your doorstep to bring chaos. But in the chaos, Christ shows up in profound ways. Christ wants to manifest himself to you, and you might be feeling like you're haunted by the ghost of Christmas past, present, and even future, but Jesus is going to show up, and he's going to show up here. He's showing up in Joseph's life, and it's profound, it's wonderful, it's spectacular. But in the moment, Joseph is going through some difficulty And he needs to embrace it if he's going to fully embrace the presence of God incarnate in human form. Listen, some of you, at this time of the year, and it's a tough time of the year. My wife and I were talking about it, almost with tears. Um, Every Christmas is hard, you know, and so for various reasons. And so uh, we're talking, and, and it's just a tough time for everybody at various times because a lot of trauma might have happened in your life, and Christmas is a reminder of some of that trauma and difficulty and, and suffering and pain. And so, and so uh, uh, but what was going on is, is that we were reflecting on that, and then we're thinking about many people that we know that we've met at Reading and some in Harvest Reading that are going through some tough times. And so maybe you're in that. Maybe, maybe, and this isn't really to draw anybody out specifically, but I know that in, in times like this, in difficult times, especially at Christmas time, um, the heart can be super tender to certain things. And, and you might be going through something uh, in a financial way. I don't know. Finances is huge in almost everybody's life. Relationally, there might be something relationally going on. And you know what? Maybe the presents are lean under the Christmas tree. Maybe they're just lean. There's not as much. And that's difficult, and it's hard, and it's like, you know what? But God's going to show up. God is going to show up. He's going to give you a truth. That you're going to, it might be, you might be not all the clothes and all of the computers and all the iPhones and all that other stuff. That might be just like sparse underneath the tree this year. But this year, God is going to do something specific, give you a truth, going to show you his presence in a way that you never, ever have experienced, possibly in all of your Christian life. Maybe it's a relationship conflict. And they're not going to be at Christmas dinner tonight or. Maybe not over your house tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be reconciliation. There is going to be reconciliation. But you need to hold on to that. It's difficult, but God is going to show up. He's going to show up most often in these difficult places like he does in Joseph's life. That's what he's doing. Number two, often we resort to what we think is best rather than what God thinks. 
Notice what Joseph does here in verse 19. Read it in your mind. I'll read it out loud. And her husband, Joseph, I'm in verse 19, being a just man, he's a great guy, a wonderful man, unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, he's, he's mulling this over in his mind. You know, he's trying to figure this thing out. He's trying to fix this thing. You see no evidence of Joseph turning in prayer. You see no evidence of him getting on his face before God going, God, what is this? You don't see that. It's not recorded. So you have Joseph considering these things, and he says, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And so now the revelation comes. Now the, this encounter comes with this angel, Gabriel, and starts giving him some instruction. And Joseph, the son of David, he said, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Well, that Holy Spirit part didn't come at the front end of all this, right? Supposedly, that came earlier in the encounter. Might be different for Joseph. God keeps that back. Joseph walks through this difficulty. He's walking through it like all of us have to walk through it to get to a certain place. It's all common in all of our Christian growth and maturity. Joseph, again, isn't showing any signs of turning to the Lord until Gabriel comes on the scene and starts giving him this word. Joseph is a fixer. He's a fixer. Anybody a fixer in here? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's like things are hard. You know, life is difficult. Thanks, brother. I'll take that. And so <clears throat> I'm a fixer. And, and when you're a fixer, sometimes you don't even consider God. And sometimes I don't consider God. I'm trying more and more to consider God. Um, but you just try to put it together yourself. And then you get so frustrated, then after a while you're like, oh yeah, God. And then you start turning to him. Joseph's a fixer, and he's trying to do that. He's thinking naturally. He's not thinking supernaturally. But God's grace is so cool because Gabriel shows up and, and uh, gives him this, this word about what was going on. And so I'm going to encourage you at this Christmas season, don't let your last resort be trying to fix it on your own. Turn to the Lord in prayer. Lean on him. Lay, the, lay it before him. You'll see in verse 20, there's this little phrase that says, do not fear. So you know it's a fear-based thing that Joseph is trying to do. And if you look at, uh, I see the grins in some of your faces when I said, are you a fixer? Um, I just want you to think about that. If you're, if you're that person, is it connected to fear? You'll find it that it is somewhere. It's always connected to fear. And so Joseph is just a man like you and I, and he's struggling with fear, various fears. And then Gabriel says, do not fear. And so uh, this is a, a, a wonderfully human man who is struggling, and he's resorting to what he thinks is best. And, and he's telling us in the text from his life experience, God knows what's best. God knows what's best. We don't. We don't. And so when you're, you're in pain right now and you're trying to, it's swirling, it's chaos, I want you to do this. I want you to say, God, your ways are higher than mine. They're, they're truly higher than mine. And I want you to say this. You don't have to say it out loud or you know, bow your heads, get on your knees or anything like that and pray. But I just want you to think about this. Just say to him, God, you are wiser than me. You're wiser than me. I remember doing that when the lights got turned off, life crashed, just hard. And, and I was like, God, 
you know more than I do. Because I really thought that I knew more than God. Isn't that how we get? Come on. Don't we get like that? Just say it to him. Just sweetly and quietly to him. God, your ways are higher than mine. And you are wiser than me. Help me not to resort to what I think is best, but to what you deem is best. Number three. Often the outcome of what God is doing is far greater than we could have ever imagined. This is so fantastic. Look at verse 22. I'm going to read down to the end there. Verse 22. Verse 21. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, and for he will save his people from their sins. Got to read that one. How did I miss that? Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means what? What is it? God with us. That is awesome. And when Joseph woke from sleep, so he gets this revelation from Gabriel in a dream, he wakes up. What do you think, what do you think the first thing Joseph, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? You know, you put your feet on the floor, right? And you get up and you probably go brush your teeth maybe, or you go get a coffee, or you check your phone real quick to see how many likes to your last post or whatever. What do you think Joseph's doing? He's having devotions, and it's serious business. It's serious business here. It's awesome. He did, look at this, verse 24, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife, verse 25, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Spectacular. Imagine what was filling his brain at this point. God is with us. God himself choosing to use me and my wife. Incredible. This is a moment that Joseph probably never, ever would forget. Even in heaven, I can imagine Joseph going, wow, I can remember that time when Gabriel showed up and I was in that difficult place and my head was swirling and I'm trying to figure everything out. I'm going to divorce her, you know, and all of a sudden I get a revelation from God. He's probably in heaven remembering that even to this day. Must have been incredible. He got to that place where he knew that his God was a, a ruler. He was a king. He was over all. He could still deliver. He could still rescue. And we need to believe that tonight as we close. We need to believe that, that he is still that God. Although he came in human form as a baby, they called his name Jesus but he would die on a cross and then he would rise again and then the Spirit of God would come down and fill each one of us. We're filled with God. That's amazing. And God is still in the business of saving. He wants to save maybe somebody tonight. And it's not just Jesus in a manger. It's Jesus on a cross being crucified, dying and then rising again and then sending the Spirit of God to live within you. Do you have that experience? Really? And truly? Christmas can be a difficult time of the year for a myriad of reasons. Let's understand it the way Joseph did. Let's get to that place as we're working through all of the the difficulties of life and the pain that you might be facing right now. Work through that. Let's get to the other side of that where we're just believing, you know what, Jesus came. He is the light of the world. 
He is the Savior. He still rescues. He still delivers. He wants to do that in all of our lives. He wants to do that in your family's life, in your extended family, in your coworkers in the city. He wants to keep doing that. This isn't just about some of the things that we see about Christmas. There's so much more to understanding Christmas. So much more.